0: It just dwarfed me. That was the most powerful thing. And from that, from that storm, this electric storm, Jesus walked out and he came up to me. And it, that storm was representing his presence, and it was him. It was God in this in this storm. And he, he came up to me and he just put his head on my head, and and it gave me perspective. And that's something I want to share with us before we get back into worshipping Him. We sometimes need to get a bit of a perspective on who it is we're worshipping. We are worshipping the Creator, the most powerful being in this entire existence. We're not worshipping someone who's, who's meek and meager and, and is at the mercy of our world. Our world is nothing compared to Him. We are so small and every other issue that we have is even smaller but he comes and he seeks us so let's let's really step in in the final minutes of worship let's give our soul stir up our soul and and say soul have some perspective on who we're worshiping this morning come on So. E
1: Hallelujah. You may be seated. <laughs> Ooh. Isn't perspective an important thing? <laughs> you know, if you were if you were here last week, you would have heard Jeffrey mention some some things about angels, the angelic host the angelic host (laughs) you know there's that um, often in the Bible it talks about the Lord of hosts and I never understood what that was the Lord of hosts Mm -hmm. and I read another version and it said the Lord of heaven's armies (laughs) the hosts are the heavenly host it's the angelic Host, all the angels (laughs) cry out, Holy is the Lord God. (laughs) Perspective is an important thing because sometimes, so often, we are just, we seem to be limited by what we see, but we're not to walk by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And, you know, God is, God gives people visions. He gives them words. He gives them things. And it often happens during worship. Now, yeah. Jeff spoke about angels last Sunday, part of what he was speaking about. One of our congregation spoke with me the Thursday before that. And shared with me a vision that God had given him the Sunday before, regarding angels. Gerhard, would you like to come up and share that? Because I, I shared that with Jeffrey after, come up after Sunday. I said, "This is what this is what Gerhard shared with me," and he said, "I'm glad I didn't know." Because there was no influence there, but God is God is doing things. So thanks, Gerhard.
2: No worries. Yeah, this this is not something that I uh, do very often. I don't share with people except for in that um, uh, we meet once a week um, and just talking about all sorts of things. Not even <laughs> no no set agenda or nothing. We just talked about talk about whatever comes to mind, I suppose. And um, yeah, I was sitting over there. Um, And we were praying, and uh, it was just this uncertainty in my head. Um, As I've said to you before, I did not anticipate being the principal of this college, (laughs) this soon anyway. And um, yeah, I was just a bit uncertain, and I prayed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, just show me. And then, he showed me something quite remarkable. Um, This... um, on the four corners of of this block, massive angels, massive angels, and uh, they were standing like this, you know, like like a warrior would with a sword, but they weren't ho- holding it up, just as they protect. and the wings that went up I mean, they were enormous. <laughs> I will not mess with them. <laughs> they were enormous. Really, really big angels at the four corners. And I remember clearly thinking, Pauline, how, how lucky are you? You've got an angel right in front of your doorstep. <laughs> uh, big angels protecting this place. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to, you know, share that with with you, Tim, in our meeting. Because, uh, And then he mentioned to me, because we were not here last Sunday, that you actually spoke about angels. Uh, so, I saw them. They're quite big. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And look, I think I think God's going to, as as we're as we're moving on, I believe that God is going to continue to to share. He's going to continue to give us insight into what He's doing in the spiritual realm, and and that's just an encouragement. That's encouragement for me. That's such an encouragement, and, I, and I'm I'm sure it is, it is for you. God is God is, got all the tools. He's got all things in place and we look at we look at what's happening in our world and we think oh i can't see it well (laughs) hang on hang on we believe through to when we see the manifestation of what god has said amen amen
3: thank you Daniel. awesome Lord, you are so holy, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who was and is and is to come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are here with us, Lord. Thank you for these angels that you have sent. Thank you for the spiritual realm, Lord Father, that you are actually working, Lord. Regardless of what's happening in the world, that you are here and that your promises will never fail, and that at the end of the day, Lord, you will be victorious, Lord. Lord, thank you that you are working, Lord Father, and we can always hope and we can always have faith into whatever you have said, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and for your deep, deep, amazing love, Lord Father. Lord, you're the you're the first one who loved us, Lord um i'm i'm just about to do an offering um if you've got your bibles please turn with me to james uh chapter 2 uh verses verse 14 and we'll start there what good is it my brothers and sisters if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds can such faith save them suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food if one of you uh, says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, uh, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accomplished by action. Is uh, Sorry, if it, uh, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good, even the demons believe that, and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Faith without actions is dead. Um, you know, offering and tithing is a regular thing that we do uh, at church. And it is an example of putting into practice what we believe in. Believing that God is the one who is in control of our finances. Um, and believing that, the, that day by day, the Lord will always provide regardless of the situation you know uh this isn't about this isn't about giving money to creek street so that we can get something back you know at the end of the day what sustains us is not the money that's not going to purchase that doesn't actually purchase anything what sustains us is our faith in god um that he will always always provide and when you believe in this promise you know you have to be all in Um, You know, when we're standing before God and we are offering something to Him, you know, it really should cost us something Um, because He actually does not want... He actually doesn't want the thing that we're offering Him. He wants us to put Him above everything we own, above everything we love, above everything that is close to our heart because He wants our hearts. You know, if, if what we're offering... Uh, to him doesn't really cost us. All we're really doing is just saying, God is always going to provide because it sounds inspirational. (laughs) Um, And we're not really doing anything about it. It's like in that verse, it's like you can um, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but actually do nothing about it. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, And you know, Abraham was going to offer Isaac on the altar, you know, Um, That is really quite something to lose. Fortunately, God did stop Abraham. But the question is, are we prepared to lose something for God? You know, we have salvation. We have a relationship with our Father. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the most deepest, most amazing love this world can can ever offer. Only because God sacrificed His Son, Jesus Christ to die on the cross as a ransom for many. You know, he is the one. He is the one who gave first. He is the one who first loved us. He was the first one. Um, Hopefully that made sense. Um, Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done for us, Lord. Thank you that you are the first one, that we didn't have to do anything, Lord. Who are we to be in your presence, Lord? Lord, we bow in reverence, Lord. Lord and and the most amazing thing is that you know you're on our side and we thank you we thank you Lord um uh, there's details at the screen um I think <laughs> about giving awesome it's set now um and yeah and I'm going to hand it over to uh, Tim.
1: hallelujah oh look at that we're on glory to god good morning Daniel mentioned that we have Jesus. You've asked him into your heart. There he is. And you know, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of our relationship. That's the door. He is the door. But you don't live in a doorway maybe in an earthquake it's probably a good place to be a doorway but um other than that you go in through the door and you explore the room beyond so i'm going to speak this morning about what's well, a question i like <laughs> a lot of my um a lot of my messages the titles are question yielded or not yielded or not So, do we believe that we're okay in God this morning? Do we believe we're okay in God? So, born again? Tick, tick that box. Spirit filled? If you've had the infilling of the Holy Spirit, tick, tick that box, job's done. Yeah? No, it's not. (laughs) The job is done in so far as God says, Jesus said, it is finished. He's done everything that he needs to do. He's done all that he can in giving himself for us, as Daniel said. On God's end, job's done. Job's done. Paul wrote that those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And you know, when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, it's as a baby, it's a, as a babe, it's as, a, as an infant, it's a, a newborn. And we are to grow, we are the children of God, but those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, I have a son up the back there, fully grown, He is still my... (laughs) No, you're not going to grow sideways. He is my child, but he's not an infant. He is fully grown. He's always going to be my child, but he is a man. And God wants to take us in our relationship with him to be fully mature in him. You know, um, Paul writes again in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, but be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. That's out of the Amplified. Now, it's interesting because the first part of that verse says, don't be drunk with wine, but be ever filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting how those two are put together? Um, more than one time, <laughs> you know, on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit came, and they were speaking in in, in uh, new language, other tongues, as the Lord gave them utterance. And the ones that mocked said, "Oh, they're drunk." And why'd they say they're drunk? Because they look drunk. Okay, we know what a drunk person looks like. Okay, they were looking with their natural eyes and they say, "No, nah, they've been they've been on the on the on the whatever." Um, early in the morning and this says do not be drunk with wine but be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit so look out <laughs> <It's> <laughs> there are times when it's going to look a little bit interesting there's going to there's be times when it's going to look a little bit interesting are you ready? <laughs> Come on. Look, the early church was full of the presence and power of God. They moved in authority, signs and wonders by the Holy Spirit. We can read it. We can read it in Acts. This is what happened. And it was it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. It had such an effect because people saw the signs, the wonders and and were drawn to hear the message that was behind those things. That was the early church. When we look at the current- day church for the most part, not moving in authority signs and wonders. But God says that the latter house will be greater than the former. And he does not say anything that is not true. The latter house will be greater than the former. We can read about the former, and the latter house is going to be greater. And we say, "Well, well then what's missing? What's missing? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and me the same spirit that raised jesus raised christ from the dead dwells in you okay we have him there all right that's not the issue but what does it mean to have a yielded heart towards god what does that actually mean now if you've You've heard me often enough speak, you'll know that (laughs) I like to start with words. I like to know, if I'm using a word, what's the meaning? What does that word actually mean? How often do do, do, do people use a word and they use it incorrectly, inappropriately, okay? I don't like that and and I say that to to Coral and and she says, "Oh, oh, you're being pedantic. Don't use incredible when you're talking about God, please. What does incredible mean? Not credible. Don't don't use that one. Don't use unbelievable when you're saying something about what God has done. Please don't use that in my hearing. Because we don't want to park there. We don't use those words. Words are powerful; yeah. they contain a meaning. Yeah. Now you're going to think every time you get <laughs> Well, it's good. We need to think. Yeah. So that word, yield. There are a number of words. So w- language is conceptual. It's language is, is is concept based. So you have a word, and there's a. It's often, you know, often it's a thing, but often there's a, there's a concept with that. So there are a number of, um, well, look, wh- when you're translating from one language to another, those, those concepts can sometimes do this. They, they don't, you can have a word in one language with a concept that's attached to it that you can't actually find the exact word concept in another language. So that's why we get these different translations because there are different words that are, well, that's close, you know. But the word yield, one of the, um, one of the definitions is to be at hand already. So when we yield to God, we are ready. We're, we're, we're at hand. We've, we say, okay, I'm ready ready to go and, and you think well let's see what's a situation that, that that could be well you're in a supermarket and 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 you know you're in the line and and there's a person in front of you and they're doing their groceries and 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 you know you get this thought pay for that person's groceries and you think i don't know if that's god or not is that you? Is that you? I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm just not sure. Um, um I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll have to think about that. Um, um I'll I'll pray about that and oh hang on, no, no, oh, sorry, they're gone. Ready. Be ready. Ready to move. Just ready. You hear it? You know, sometimes with you know, an example like that, it's, it's, you receive it in your heart, but how long does it take for that thought to get back to your mind and you, and you sort of start battling with it? <laughs> God speaks to our spirit. Okay? We need to have our mind in cooperation with what he's saying in our spirit. So to yield is to be, be at hand, to be ready, ready, ready to go. There's another word that's, that's used in, uh, uh, as, uh, translated as yield. It means to send forth. To yield is to send forth. And it's got some other words involved in there as well. And it's cry, forsake, forgive, lay aside. And then three little terms, let be, let go and let have. And just it just conveys the, the thought of, of an immediacy of of, of reaction or immediacy of, of action to what God is, is is prompting in us. So I just picked up on those three those three last little terms. Let be. There are things, often situations that we don't need to touch there are things that we just don't need to put our hand to we do not need to be involved we do not need to have an opinion a thought a comment or anything else how do we know? If we yielded to the Holy Spirit, that prompting will be okay. I can see that opportunity to have a little little chat about this. But is that what you want me to do, Lord, or is that just my flesh wanting to be involved in a little bit of what is it called? Oh, yes, gossip. That's it. Okay. That's just one example. So let be. Just let it be let go there are things thoughts attitudes motives that we need to let god remove so when god puts his finger when holy spirit puts his finger on a on a a certain thought or a certain attitude when that's presented you know you you, you're thinking about that are we are we are we prepared to just let that go now sometimes we will not let something go because all oh, i i don't understand i need to understand before <sighs> no not always when god's putting his hand on something and saying okay i want you to let that go when we let a certain thing go attitude thought whatever it might be The understanding often will will catch up with the action that we've been prompted to do and have been obedient to do, to yield. The other one was let have. There are things, time, money, possessions, ability, that we need to let God use. Just giving you a little bit of time to think about it. So let be, let go, let have. And there's an, there is an immediacy about that as far as yielding to the Holy Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, we are always going to have our own will, that's never going to change. We have our own will. Given to us, it is powerful. Your will is powerful. God has decided that he will not mess with your will. He's not going to mess with my will. To be possessed fully by the Spirit of God is a continual decision of yielding our will to his. God will not override our will god wants control with our cooperation yeah. it is a co-laboring with christ it is a cooperation now the enemy's not like that he'll he'll get control of your will however he can and if and if, and there are doors that can be opened into that spiritual realm that are, you 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 just don't want to do that because as a believer things can get on you and and need to be sometimes need some help to get off, and and as as a as a uh, an unsaved person, you can open a door to that realm, and the enemy will control your will. You will have no control. Because he's no respecter of your will. He will have control, however he can get it. You know, we see examples of Jesus having to deal with that <laughs> and, and, uh, in, in the early church. Because every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. But God wants control, with, but it, it is with our cooperation. To possess the Spirit of God is one thing. If you're a believer today... To possess the Spirit of God is one thing, but it is quite another to be possessed by the Spirit of God. <laughs> They're not the same. They're not the same. And, and what's the difference? It's the yieldedness of our will before God and, and allowing Him to move. Now... You might be thinking well i 've got to be well, i 've got to be a mature person before I can you know i 've got to be a mature son of God and before I can any God can use me in anything I am not saying that in any way shape or form, not in any way shape or form. please hear that yeah. new believers, some of the best evangelists yeah. Yeah. why is that because <laughs> they 're fresh and they 're clean and they 're excited. And they haven't had an opportunity for their mind to mess with the thing that God has done in their heart. <laughs> I, I love baby Christians. You know, they they make messes, you know, and and look, you know, we've got a little person in our family, and he makes messes. But you know, that's all right. Clean them up and move on. <laughs> well, I don't actually they do. <laughs> I stay right away from that one. <laughs> but, but, um, but the joy, the the joy that that little bloke gives, and and you know that's when we see new Christians, let's 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 have that same attitude towards them, you know, let's have that same attitude towards them. Don't don't say, oh, you made a mess there. No, we'll 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 help we'll help clean up that, and and we'll learn from that and all that, but. But let's just let's just be so in in encouraged and enraptured by the 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 um yeah. the joy that, that that new life brings. Yeah. So new believers, fantastic. Now I want to look at um at Saul, Paul. He was Saul for a long time after his his conversion. Um, but let's have a look at that. Let's turn to Acts chapter. Nine, please. Acts chapter nine. And you, you might be thinking, "Well, you're going to compare you're going to compare us to, to to Paul, the apostle Paul, really? No, I'm I'm just flowing through, going through a a process that that Paul went through. That every person, if they're yielded to God, they will go through a similar process." And it doesn't matter whether you, you know, from that parable, it doesn't matter whether you've got five bags of silver or two bags of silver or one. Okay, you just use what God has given you. And at the end, what do you get? Well done, good and faithful servant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Acts chapter 9. Now, we're... We won't uh, we won't look at what um, what Saul was doing, but while well, he was still breathing threats, it says there in verse one, and he was off to to destroy the church because he had a zeal for God, but it was a natural understanding and a natural zeal, and he did not understand the truth. So, because of because of what he had. And because of how God knew that 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 was going to be a a, a such a, a a tool in his hand, um, Paul met Jesus on the way, <laughs> um, on the way to Damascus, on the way to, to um, disrupt the church. And we you know he knocked off his horse, he was blind um, for for three days. Uh Ananias came and, and prayed for him. Scales fell off his eyes. And uh, verse 19, no, verse 18. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and received the sight at once and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. He hadn't eaten for three days. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20. Immediately, he preached the Christ in the synagogues <laughs> and he, that he is the Son of God. Immediately. This fellow was going to destroy the church. He was responsible for deaths in the church, in the new church. And here he is, immediately. Immediately. After receiving the truth, he's out there sharing the truth. Immediately, he preached the gospel. And you know, that's, that's something that God had given um, Paul. He had such a knowledge of, of the word. And as soon as the truth, as soon as the light of the glory of the gospel came into his heart, he was ready to go. <laughs> Immediately he preached that uh that Jesus is the Son of God. And we go down a little bit further, and that was not well received um, because uh they wanted to kill him. Funny about that. And uh verse we go down to verse um twenty eight. So he goes to Jerusalem, and of course. They didn't want to receive. They didn't want. To, they didn't want to have a bar of this fellow because they knew what he was doing, all right. So it was difficult for him to actually um, get into uh, to see and and join with the um, with the church. Um, but Barnabas um, took the lead on that one and, and made that right. Verse twenty eight. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. (laughs) Here we go again. So he's now recognized by the church in Jerusalem and he continues with the ministry that God has given him and that is the same ministry that everybody that believes has been given which is the great commission which is sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all men so Paul was was yielded he was ready to go that word yield to be at hand he was ready and he just moved in the truth now let's look at acts chapter 11. Now, they, they wanted to kill him and because of that, the church sent him off to Tarsus. Alright, we'll find a safe place, off you go. Okay, well, there he is in Tarsus. Now, Acts chapter 11 and where shall we start? Well, after... it. it I'll paraphrase a little bit here starting in verse 19 that, that after Stephen's death the church was scattered and you can, you, you take yourself with you all right? so the message that um, they had in their hearts they took out to all the places that they went and uh, uh, some of the men went to Cyprus and Cyrene um, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, so these Greek speakers. And the Lord was with them, and a great number believed in the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he had come, he had seen that, sorry, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with purpose of heart, that they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, this is Barnabas, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And you think, okay, that's Acts chapter 9, and here we are in Acts chapter 11. Oh, it's not very long, is it? No, it's 12 years. It's 12 years between Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 11. And you think, what was Paul doing? Sharing the gospel in Tarsus? Growing in his relationship with God? Hearing the Holy Spirit more accurately, learning, moving in the things of God, being obedient, yielding his heart. <laughs> Have you ever looked into into who Saul was, Paul? He he was a he was Do you know we've all got issues? Yeah? Do we we understand that? We've all got things that that God is working on. Every one of us. Paul was no different. He was no different. He had things that God needed to work on, that that he needed to yield before God. And that was a process. It's a process. Don't think that God can't use us where we're at right now. He does. But we're going to grow as we have that attitude of yieldedness before God. So he was teaching for a whole year in Antioch. And then they had a job for him to do. Um, he and Barnabas took a an offering that was given um, and and took it back um, took it back to Jerusalem. Uh, and you know if God can trust you with money, there's a promotion. Hear that? If God can trust you with money, there's going to be a promotion because it's a big one. Acts chapter. Thirteen. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there was a, there were certain prophets and teachers: Barnabas, Simeon, uh, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, many, man, man, many, no, 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 um, man, <laughs> that, that fellow, Mananin, um, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said... What do you think ministering to the Lord was? I think it was worship. (laughs) I think they were worshipping before God. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them. And having laid hands on them, they sent them away. One of those words... Uh, yield is to send forth. He <laughs> was just yielded before God to the point where he could be used in that capacity, and that was off for the first missionary missionary journey. So that was AD forty six, twelve thirteen years after seeing Jesus being converted on the road to Damascus. Another five years later, Paul writes his first letter. It was the letter to the Galatians. It's, um, it's about the time of Acts chapter 18. But the letter to the Galatians, Paul writes this in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. (laughs) Does it sound like somebody who's yielded before God? He's had a lot of experiences at this stage. He's been stoned. (laughs) Good old Jewish stoning. Dragged out of the city, stones thrown at him until he's unconscious and then you know, drop a big rock on their head to break their skull so they know they're dead. And they left him outside the city, left him for dead. <laughs> the disciples gathered round. Doesn't say what they did, just as they gathered round and he stood up and walked back into the city with them. <laughs> hmm. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> So he's had some experiences. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself, his life for me. He had such a revelation <laughs> of what Jesus had done for him. And he just continually yielded. In Philippians, we'll read that, another letter that was written in AD 62, so what's that, 28 years after his conversion, Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes. He was talking about, well, a little heading in mind says all for Christ, I think that sums it up he was talking about the flesh profits nothing it's the spirit who gives life and he said who he was as far as the natural things were concerned a pharisee and all the rest of it according to the law blameless verse 7 but these things were gained but what things were gained to me these things i have counted loss for christ yet indeed that I may know him <laughs> <laughs> and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. <laughs> so he says, after the 28 years of, of, of ministry, of, of, of his life in God, he says that I may know him that I may know him. We, we can never get to a point where we think, yep, that's enough. I'm just going to park here. <laughs> there will always be more that God has for us. All through our life and then all through eternity. <laughs> that I may know him. In AD 65, that's 31 years after his conversion, Paul writes his last letter, 2 Timothy. And soon after that, he was... (laughs) Soon after that, he was martyred. And he, he has his reward. <laughs> now, now, Paul had a great head start with his knowledge of Scripture. He had that natural knowledge. From the day of his conversion, the Holy Spirit would have been revealing truth to Paul as he continually yielded to him. It's a process. It's a process of yielding. God has put all that he is in our hearts in seed form it's all there it's all there and he's looking for a yielded heart so many things paul wrote romans chapter 12 verse 1 i beseech thee brethren by the mercies of god (laughs) that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. <laughs> Do you know, if we would, some of the songs that we sing, they're great songs. If we would live some of those songs, we, <laughs> my goodness. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, yeah, uh, Hillsong song, <coughs> can I sing it, The Bridge, ah. so you know the song, you? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, and the bridge. Heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. This one. Break my heart for what breaks <laughs> yours. <laughs> Everything I am for your kingdom. I can't see it, sorry. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. (laughs) How powerfully can God move through that heart attitude? (laughs) Amen. You know, sometimes I think we we sing these things and you know, break my heart for what breaks yours. I have we got have we got petrol for the mower? I've got to do the lawns this afternoon. <laughs> am I am, am, am I am I am I on track? Everything I have for your kingdom's cause. How many cups of sugar were in that jam? I'm sure one or two. You know, we've got to get, we've got to get this and this connected. You know, as we do, as we do, as we yield to the Spirit of God. There's nothing that's impossible. There's nothing that's impossible for God you think of the most impossible situations that are in front of you. It's not impossible for God. With him, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is something that's... This is a daily attitude. It's a daily attitude. To be ready, to be immediate, to be ready when, when, when Holy Spirit prompts us. It's a daily thing. It's not, it's not a particular time. It's, it's whatever we're doing. What, whatever we're doing. Whatever we're called to do. Whatever, we, what are we, whatever our work is. Whatever our hobbies are. Whatever it is. just an openness and a yieldedness to when God wants to speak to us, when God speaks to us, that we would hear and obey. Hallelujah. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord, your desire is for us. Lord, we thank you for it. Oh, Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, let these words, your words, today not fall on hard ground, but fall on, on good ground. Lord, we're responsible for, for our hearts before you. And Lord, your desire is to make us all that you've called us to be, to be instruments in your hand, to share who you are to those you've placed around us. Lord, we want to do that well. We want to do that better. And you've given us all that's required. And that's residing in our heart. And Lord, you're calling us to yield those very same hearts to you all that we have, all that we are, all that we think. So Lord, don't leave us alone. Holy Spirit, don't leave us alone. Keep prompting, keep speaking, I pray. And Lord, as you see that yielded heart, Use us as you will for your glory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We are going to have communion. So, yes, grab your little cups.
4: I apologise. I feel like my brain's a bit all over the place at the moment after this morning. I kept getting all these different just yeah. things God was saying to me. So I'm just going to read what I've written. <laughs> and if that somehow goes into it, I'll, I'll talk about that as well. Um, for communion this morning, um, I am reading two Corinthians chapter five, verse 18 to 19, which is. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So I was thinking um, this week about communion and how we quite often just think of communion as Jesus dying on the cross, which is... The most important part of that. But there is so much more to that. Um, So, yeah, communion is a time to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. It is a time to remember through his sacrifice, he rescued us from the slavery of sin and death. But he also opened up a way for personal relationship and reconciling us to God. We often hear the phrase, Christianity is not religion, it is a personal relationship. And we really need to take the time to think upon this truth, this glorious truth, that we can have relationship with God, to which Jesus made the way for this. We can often think about people in the Bible who had close encounters or who walked closely with God. And we can often think we wish we had something like that. But the good news is today, we have something even greater, which has been made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection. Not only do we have Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and making us right with God through the heavy price that was paid, but he has also freely poured out his Holy Spirit on us. And in doing so, each of us become the temple of the living God. Because of the cross, we are always with Christ. He's always, sorry, because he's in us and us in him. He works in us and through us for the glory of our Father in heaven. The question that I want to pose today is, how is your walk with God? We have the greatest gift available, yet how are we responding to him who lives in us? God's desire is for us to walk with him and him with us because of his great love for us. Are you spending time in the word of God? Are you spending time in personal prayer and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach and guide and to listen to his counsel? Are we spending time glorifying and praising him for all that he is? As you walk with him, talk with him, sit with him and just go about your day, how much of a part of that is Christ? I want to encourage you today to have a deep desire for communion with God. Make having a personal relationship with Christ a reality in your life. He gave everything on the cross that you and I could have the great privilege to be called sons and daughters of God. When we begin to work on our relationship with God, then we can also fulfill the ministry of reconciliation in us and in turn take this message of hope and relationship with God to the world that needs saving and needs reconciliation to Christ. So why don't you stand and we'll pray and partake. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus. We thank you that Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins and to make us right with you and to bring us into reconciliation with you. Lord, as we take this bread, we remember your body, which was broken for us. And we just thank you, Lord. Let's eat. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we take this juice, let us be reminded of your blood, which was freely poured out for our cleansing, for our making us right with you, and which allowed for relationship with you. We just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amazing. What a morning. I love church mornings. It's just so much fun. Wow. Whew. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and that that you received what was spoken that you experienced something from the Father and that you were encouraged. Because that's what we're here to do. And the other thing that we're here to do is to come together as, as a community to experience that and to do that together. And we get an opportunity to spend some time with each other after the service. So please do that. It's it's so important that we, we come and we experience him and we get something for ourselves. But it is also so important that we connect with each other. And that we hear about someone else's truth uh, and have the opportunity in that to encourage them or to just build relationships. So the, our amazing coffee team, who's had a coffee this morning? Yeah, I had one and I was compelled to go out and tell Alex how good it was. Tanya and Alex are on on the team out there and they're on point this morning, I can I can testify to that. So if you'd like another coffee or you'd like a hot chocolate or something, please see them. Um, In terms of announcements, have I got any? (laughs) Hey, someone's all over it. Okay, look at that. There's a PDF right here. Um, (laughs) Weekly announcements. All right, this week, ooh, yes, Playgroup is happening uh, 930 tomorrow, Monday morning at my house. It's super fun. I'm working from home at the moment and there's just this little buzz of excitement and little people and it's all very fun. I don't, I'm don't. i not even involved but I just hear it and they play their songs and stuff, run around outside. So um, yeah, get excited about that. If, you're, if you've got a, a little person, bring them along. tomorrow morning. Tuesday, women's night, 7.30 at night at Rose McKinnon's house. How cool is that? Uh, Rose's place, if you are a lady um, and are going at 7.30, that's at 33A Browning Street. So if you don't know how to get there, ask Rose or Lockie. He also knows the way. Um, (laughs) Wednesday night, we've got prayer meeting on. Wednesday night prayer meeting is always very powerful. Um, ooh, special things happen at, at Wednesday night prayer meeting, don't they, Mel? Ooh, yeah. Tell you what, if you want to uh, take another deeper step into being yielded to the heart of the Father and to, to just opening up your experience of Him, then that is a great opportunity to do that. All right, upcoming. Ooh. New website being launched websites give information and they have pretty pictures on them and uh and they're a great way to show people what we're about without the person needing to come in the door so the website's really exciting that's being launched today. I know I can see you're all excited Wow wow yeah woo-hoo. website uh being launched at five o'clock five p m today um it's written here the website will provide the majority of information about our upcoming events so the weekly news will become monthly news no reaction at all okay i don't know what you think about that uh i was waiting for a uh or a yes i don't know (laughs) so, <laughs> says it's yes from her. So, if you are at all kind of stuck on, oh, I wonder when this is happening, or I wonder where that is, or I wonder, anything about church, uh, please go to the website, which will be launching when? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. You guys listen. I love it. Um, five o'clock. That's really cool. So, jump on there, 501. And check it out. It may be up there beforehand, I don't know. Um, but uh, have a look at that, have a squizzle, um, and that'll be good. All right, couple more. Working bee. Hey, working bees are fun. This, when uh, school holidays, the 11th, 12th, and 13th of April, from 9 till 3, lunch will be provided for volunteers so working bee, oh, I love it. We get to do stuff and together and build or fix or improve or do something. So there, is there a lot of jobs to do on the working bee? After school care hall, right? No demolition needed. Okay, we'll we'll just set that from the get go. Don't come expecting to put uh, knock down any walls or anything. It's not that kind of working bee. Um, but your help would be very much appreciated. Um, that's three days, not the 11th, the 12th, and 13th of April. Uh, you'll be put to work and you'll be fed. What more can anyone ask for? Um, and last one, oh, this, is, this is kind of the best one, uh, is baby dedication will be happening on May the 22nd. So, see, Tim, if you would like to dedicate your little one. Ooh, that's, that's very exciting. I love baby dedications. They're just, mm, they've got all the feels to them because you're dedicating a life to Jesus. Ugh. Anyone else like baby dedications or is it just me geeking out over that? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> well, I'll be here and I'll be excited about it. Okay, <laughs> that's all I have to share with you, wonderful people, this morning. As I said before, coffee will be up and running and ready. And connect with someone, give them a high five or a or a fist bump, Jenny. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. How do you find the website? The URL is what you need to type into your little Google or um, browser, and it is Creek Street Church dot com dot au because we're in australia that is creek street church dot com dot au good question thank you all right see you next week